Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 87 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. Joe, it's been a little bit uh, since we recorded. It's We've gotten a nice little break here, um, which means there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> a lot has happened. Last last time we were we recorded, Sideshow um, was just a caster, and now he's uh, a player. He's been on two two different teams since we last recorded. Yeah, he's been on more Overwatch League teams than probably half of the Overwatch League. <laughs> very impressive. Uh, I he's he's a very good player, clearly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's let's just. I mean, we didn't have uh, any Overwatch League, obviously. Uh, that's why we we had a little bit of a break here, but we did have some Overwatch. Still, we had a bunch of contenders, which we won't talk about because both me and Joe did not watch any. And we had a Lunatic High versus Runaway um, show match, an owl owl futures match, um, which was produced by OGN. It was super interesting, um, super fun to watch. You can go watch the VOD on Overwatch League if you didn't know this was even a thing. Um, the VOD's like five hours long. There was a lot of Overwatch played, but I think the most interesting thing uh, that me and Joe want to point out here is uh, the ban system that they had in place because there were uh, these these were bans made by the players and coaches, not by the league, nothing like that. So um, that's very interesting. Uh, Joe, do you do you want to go into details on how the ban system really worked? It was interesting. Yeah, they had, um, so yeah, they had Runaway and Lunatic High, obviously, and also before that they had Slime and Toby sort of drafted um, uh, teams of Korean, I think they were all Korean contenders players, um, to have like a show match for that too, but uh, for both matches they, they used this band system, um, they, yeah, at the beginning of the series, at the beginning of the set, um, each team banned two DPS heroes, one tank and one support for the other team. Um, and then from there, I believe it was uh, starting at the halfway point of the series. So Team Slime versus Team Toby was a best of three. So they started on map two. Um, and Runaway versus Luintikai was a best of five. So they started on map three. Um, but starting on that map, they would remove... Um, one ban every map, um, but you you could choose. Uh, each team chose for themselves to remove one of the bans that had been given to them um, uh, on every map sequentially. So if if the uh, Toby versus Slime show match had gone to three maps, then they would have gone from four bans in the first map to three in the second to two in the third, um, and the Lunatic versus Runaway wait. Lunatic High versus Runaway, Runaway High, you know that team <laughs> um, would have gone from four bands in the first two maps to three um, in map three, two in map one, two in map four, and one in map five if uh, they went out there, uh, which I don't believe they did. I th- no, they went five maps. They did. Oh yeah, no. Wait, it they was, went. Si- uh, I think th- this says map six actually, so they must have tied a map. There you go. Uh, in which case, they would have played that with no bands because it was. Um, I think it was Team Slime that we got the 2-0 over Toby. Uh, but I forget which is which. I just know it was a 2-0 one way or the other. Um, but yeah, future names you might hear from uh, 
uh, from the Overwatch League. Um, you know, thinking about uh, literally all futures. I mean, that was the point of the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the point of the series. But uh, yeah, a little a little bit of interesting content there. Yeah, I mean, we got to see all the. I mean, these weren't like modern runaway loot guys. These were like pretty much their original players. Uh, you got to see Kaiser, all these, all these old players that that we hadn't seen uh, in a while play together. Um, so this was a real throwback for sure. Um, you, you had a mixture of like uh, more like Twilight was in there, uh, so he was more of a modern runaway player, stuff like that. Um, but it was fun. It was uh, definitely fun. I, I am curious to see um, if Overwatch League will ever consider doing, it looks like for the rest of the season at least, they have their bans in place and what they're going to do, which we'll talk about more later in the show. Uh, but I, I'm interested to see what they do going forward because I think people clearly don't like hero pools that much. Um, they have reiterated on them like every other week here in the season. Uh, so I'm interested to see if like, if this is a possibility, I think it was a cool, I I think it was a cool way to do it. Um, we, we saw a lot of, um, the, the class gears. They also did not play. They didn't play on two, two, two either. Um, it's true. Yeah. They were playing on just normal. You could play whatever you wanted. Um, but, and because of that, you very often saw like brig band, like anything that would permit goats, yeah. but this was also a show match. So I don't think anyone wanted to play goats. We mostly saw yeah. dive. So yeah, the runaway versus lunatic high, they did it like almost by map. So like, I think there was a map that both teams just played goats. <laughs> uh, okay. um, but yeah, and then the the, the Owl Futures match, I think they just collectively decided not to play Brig because the she wasn't banned for either team, I don't think. But <laughs> um, she was. Funny. I remember her being banned for one team, I think. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe it was the. It I think was the that was the one. Then. Yeah, that was the only different. Like one team, I can't remember either Toby or Slime, but one of them banned Brig and the other one banned Bap. Yeah. Because uh, um, that was the only difference. The rest of the bands were were the same in that match. I remember. Um, and banning Echo, that was sad. I, I always love watching Echo, uh, which Echo is also banned in Overwatch League. So, ah, we just <laughs> we don't get to see more Echo. But yeah, I'll be interested to see if uh, I mean maybe not even this iteration of the bands, which I think it's a cool situation because um, I, I do like them deciding. I, I like the thing where they decide, oh, I want to unban this hero. Um, and then as the series goes on, we get to see more and more heroes added, uh, which gives a lot of variance throughout the match. And there's a lot of st- strategy behind it. I think that's really cool. Uh, but I'm interested yeah. to see, I'm interested to see where the, that goes. I mean, you talk about a, uh, uh, you know, to talk about, you know, the, all the metas too unstable and it changes week to week and with all the different varying heroes, it's like, yeah, well now you can look at it, um, <laughs> you know, changes map to map, uh, the the available heroes. Yeah, but uh, yeah, this is it's quite something. Yeah, I, I don't think the players <laughs> the players are mad about the amount of changing week to week, but I don't think the players would be as mad about this format because um, it's like they're doing like they have more control over it. Uh, That's who's, true. Who's uh, banned? Who they unban? Stuff like that. While and therefore, the, you're, go ahead. 
yeah, and therefore you've got more control over what you face every week. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> Still might be a lot of work, but um, I mean, like LCS has it. You ban, obviously, you ban champions in every match and you go into that's like a whole being a part of echo fox at one point that's a whole part of the strategy strategizing every week is like okay what do we want to play and what do we want to ban from them uh so yeah that'd be interesting if that was added to the layer of overwatch another layer of overwatch league or or however it goes i i'd be interested to see it implemented uh maybe when overwatch 2 comes out because we're supposed to get like five or six heroes at once with that so once we get there, it might be time to say, okay, now we have enough heroes where we can actually do bans, um, teams banning them at least. I mean, we're already doing hero pools, so clearly there's enough. Sure. I mean, and it worked out also because you were just banning, you weren't banning from your team, you were just banning from theirs. So if you banned Echo, you could still play Echo. They couldn't, um, which worked out that way, like, eight heroes weren't banned from the game. It was usually only four uh, because everyone was banning the same heroes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else to talk about with this batch, Joe, before we move into the news? Uh, I mean, it was just, it was uh, just, uh, I guess like pulled me out of, out of something. I don't know, but to see an actual live match happen with like people in a room yeah, very playing weird. a match together. <laughs> Very um, weird, and uh, and obviously you know they were all in their own little dugouts and super separated and all that, but it was just interesting. Like you never see that anymore. Yeah, yeah, straight up. <laughs> I like all the comments under the YouTube the vod for it. This is true Overwatch. Owl production team take notes. Yeah, OGN's pretty good at production. Um, I, I mean, but it's it's easy to compare it when Owl has been online all of the year, basically, and this is not um so yeah it was i mean the production was on the korean side the production was great uh wolf's uh mic wasn't the best <laughs> the audio from uh from the casters weren't the best at one point he was only in my left ear um so yeah. <laughs> that was still obviously they were remote but uh yeah it was it was cool to see cool to see that again i am realizing like I'll, I'll watch things like and see like crowds of people or I'll watch like a sporting event from back in the day and see a crowd of people and I'll be like, wow, life isn't like that right now. That's weird. Um, it's weird that like I'm nostalgic of crowds of people. Uh, very interesting stuff. Uh, but let's move into the news. The first piece of news, it's the headline, of course. We talked about it earlier, Sideshow. Um <laughs> Sideshow made it onto um, two teams this week to to replace some of the best players in the league, as Joe has put it on her on her uh, little <laughs> rundown, replacing Sia Player on the Florida Man, and then uh, replacing Mirror on the LA Gladiators. Um, I mean, it basically started with a one one v one against Yaki, and all Sideshow had to do was get five kills. Uh, and then he would be signed to a 14-day contract by the Florida Mayhem, and that's what happened, Joe. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, Sideshow made it to the Overwatch League. It was on. It's on Liquipedia. It's official. It's an actual contract. Um, 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, it makes you wonder if they'll ever release the details of it. It's like, what did they pay him one cent and and free T-shirts or something? <laughs> yeah, like that had to be it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's hilarious though. This whole thing, how this whole thing went down, and um, then Sideshow was traded to LA Gladiators. Um, I believe this was a stretch goal in. Or it was one of the goals in um, Sideshow Sideshow's uh, charity stream for Black Lives Matter. Uh, and yeah, he got traded. Uh, pretty amazing. He also had to shave his head. He's bald now. And Deepay did too. Yeah, and Deepay did. And Deepay sh- shaved his eyebrows as well. He is an egg. That's <laughs> <is> crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they wrote, I think they doubled their goal on how much money they were raising. So. Um, good on them. That was a very entertaining stream, uh, and I haven't seen Deepay in too too much too much content. So I was I was really happy to just see, just see him talk. I I if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I think he's one of the best coaches in Overwatch League. So uh, I think he's super smart, fun to listen to him. Uh, next we have Zachary retiring off the Dallas field. Um, <clears throat> to play Valorant, of course. This, yeah, I mean, at this point, <laughs> the news isn't too surprising when you see it, uh, especially with Zachary. I, yeah, I, he's ever since he's been in Overwatch League, people have he he's been pretty decent, brig, I guess. But everyone obviously has been hating on him because he hasn't been the best player. Um, he hasn't played at all this season, maybe a little bit. I don't remember but uh yeah certainly not tons at all but yeah he's he's off the dallas fuel the dallas fuel don't need him in my opinion so i'm glad that he's gonna have um a try in valorant it says he 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 said that um valorant he's liking valorant a lot right now and it fits his gaming background and counter-strike and call of duty a lot more than overwatch so hope he finds success there i've been watching a bunch of valorant esports stuff and I've been rooting for for Sinatra, all the Corey, all the Overwatch people. I've been rooting for them to do well, especially with all the smack talk. Everyone, everyone makes some chat about how Overwatch players aren't going to be good at Valorant, um, but they're pretty yeah. good. Um, I did want to highlight um, that it's sort of my my joke combo headline about Sideshow replaces Side Player uh, was going to be more relevant last week than it was this week. Um, because now we're a week removed, and so it makes less sense. But Sire Player is actually taking a break uh, from Overwatch. That actually is a piece of news. Uh, he says about a persistent health problem. Uh, he said on May 30th. Um, and so he's going back to Korea for a while, so will not be playing for Florida, um, at least for several weeks. Mm. That stinks. Um, yeah. <clears throat> hopefully it gets better. Um. Uh, all right, we've got some Paris news. Sparkle has turned 18. He's a legend. I'm excited. He is facing the Boston Uprising, so I'm not excited about that because I can't root for him this weekend, Joe. Um, <laughs> I got to root for my Uprising boys, of course, and I hope he does not uh, have a good debut. I'm sorry, Sparkle. I hope you don't. <laughs> but he's, he's a great player. I'm excited to see him in Overwatch League. 
I, I've loved his streams, uh, um, even though he's been he's, he hasn't streamed as much to focus on Overwatch League lately. He's he's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's, it's gonna be super cool. Um, I think Florida they've they've certainly got a, and I mean we'll talk about this, but they've certainly got a more um, uh, more interesting uh, schedule coming up here. And yeah, trying to see where they uh, land here against. Um, against some of these teams, but also with, uh, or not Florida, sorry, Paris. We're talking about Paris. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but seeing where they land against uh, some more of these teams, but with the addition of Sparkle now, too. Yeah, I mean, they have the Boston Uprising this week, but then they face the Shock next week, uh, which should, of course, be a tough challenge for them. Um, yeah, I'm very interested interested to see the impact Sparkle has on this team. I think everyone's currently, I mean, everyone's doing power rankings right now because we're on a break. We're doing power rankings even, Joe, later in the show. Very exciting. Um, but I think Sparkle's impacting them a, a lot. Um, I think people are, I mean, Paris has already been performing super well uh, now that Sparkle's coming. Um, they're loving it. Imagine if XZ was, <laughs> was able to play. Um this team would be would be top tier possibly. Uh, but yeah, yeah, this is Paris is like Washington in that regard. That a lot of the season it's just been like if they had all of their players together. Yep, <laughs> this would be a whole different team. Yep. Um, speaking of Washington, Stitch is also going to Washington. He was on a fourteen uh, day contract alongside Janu. Janu, of course, in our last show we mentioned was being signed in full and now stitch is joining in full as well uh great pickup for washington obviously washington has not had the best season they have seen their dps players leave um and picking up these vancouver players very very nice for them um at this point i think they're just full korean because uh our next piece of news is ellie vote leaving uh so they're just they're for sure going full korean i don't blame them Time to switch it up. Um, yeah, I mean, Joe, where do you do you see Washington having a, a really strong end to this season now? Obviously, they're there at the bottom of the standings, but uh, do you think it's possible they could just start pulling off some of these? Tur- we have got two tournaments left. Could they pull a surprise here at the end now that uh, they they added two Vancouver Titan boys to their team? Yeah, I mean, it'll certainly you know like just the quality of, of the players on the team will improve. Um, it's a matter of seeing, you know, what, what we can do with some of the other, you know, the other elements of success that come along with that. Um, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we talked about this team having some leadership change-ups. Um, I, I forget the details on that, but um, like their GM left or something. Um, and, and yeah, now they've got these, these new players, which is nice. Um, but I saw on Reddit somebody had posted, which I hadn't at all thought about it this way before, but literally the Washington Justice as an organization have a grand total of four wins in the Overwatch League. No, that's not true. There's Hold on. No way. Wait, what? Have a grand total of 11 wins in the Overwatch uh. League. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Wow. Um. And it's just not what you think of. It's certainly not what I think of when I think of this team. Um, 
But yeah, that in a season and a half, they've only gotten 11 wins. But so all that to say that I think, um, I mean, like we said, I think they're definitely underperforming um, where they, where they can be. And yeah, I, I, unfortunately I don't know that it's going to just be like a switch to get them back into it. Um, once we start playing this weekend, I mean, uh, who are they playing? They're not playing. They're playing LA Valiant this coming weekend. Um, and it looks like San Francisco the next. I mean, this is going to be some some difficult matches um, ahead of them. And yeah, this it's going to be it's going to take quite a lot for them to like come in on their A game and be like on top of it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how they can perform. Obviously, I mean, we don't think of how bad Washington is just because of that one. <clears throat> one really good stage last year. People forget like stage one through three last year. They did awful. They were terrible, like bottom of the standings. Um, and they got most of their wins in stage four uh, because when DPS heroes could actually be played again. Um, so I think we had a lot higher expectations coming into the season because of 2-2-2. And it just didn't pan out, pan out at all for Corey, Stratus, any of these players that we were super impressed with last year. Uh, they, they just ended up not doing well. And... Uh, yeah, I'm glad that they've they've got some new players here though. Um, Stitch and Jono should be a, a huge help in in trying to get this team somewhere at least get some wins. Uh, Shock's going to be tough. I think LA Valiant possibly winnable. Um, I don't know where Stitch is, but I do know Jono is now in America. So that, that playing on a good ping will help a ton. Um, although I don't know how well either of these teams pings are going to be since they're coast to coast, uh, this week, Valiant and justice that is, uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited to see what, what they could do. I, I don't know if this is a top team. I don't know. I think they could possibly pull off some good upsets, but yeah, not sure. Uh, not sure what, what to expect out of this Washington team. Um, in other news, paintbrush, has gone from the gliders to the Dallas fuel. He was traded. Um, and he made some hilarious videos about Jack at the box and curly fries already. Paintbrush clearly loves curly fries. He loves fast food and he's excited to be on Dallas already. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is, I'm sure gladiators will love the money they got for this because, um, they they got Big Goose and Chaz, so they don't really care that much about Paintbrush, even though they did play him um, against Boston. They've been playing him a little bit more lately, but, but I think they've realized that ah, Big Goose is just better. So, um, but Joe, I've talked a little bit about the Gladiators here. Um, where where do you think he fits on the Dallas Fuel team, though? Do you think he's he could find himself in a starting role eventually. Where, where do you think he, he belongs here? Yeah. I mean, that was the question, right? When, when he got signed, um, to a Dallas fuel, that's now got five support players. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, um, impossible or like unheard of that he'll get some kind of use, but I mean, um, and granted, he didn't have much exposure on the Gladiators, really, either. Like you said, um, in favor of um, players like um, Shaz and Big Goose. But 
Um, but yeah, j- just by virtue of um, uh, having Harry Hook and Unko and Closer and Grimzo, um, and granted, not all of them have seen playtime, but um, it's just a little bit surprising to have him signed. Like, my first thought um, when I heard of the signing was, oh, um, they're going to send him to um, uh, to their Envy roster. And then I realized, well, they don't have an Envy roster. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I was surprised uh, to see this addition. I don't know exactly what, what the plan is. I guess it could signal that um, somebody like somebody like Harry, somebody like Unko, potentially moving away from the, a player role um, into some sort of sort of non-player role. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting signing. Uh, I don't know how much playtime he'll realistically, realistically see unless something changes um, with this roster, uh, which makes me think something's maybe going to change with this roster. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see I could see him being better than. Harry Hook, Unko, um, those two. I think he, he, you could possibly place him above them. Um, uh, I think, Clo- yeah, I don't know about Closer, Crimzo, obviously, other two support players playing the most here for the fuel right now. So it'll be interesting. I think there's a chance Paintbrush could find his way in there. But um, yeah, for now, I, I'm still seeing Closer, Crimzo probably. Uh, so yeah, it's an interesting addition. Dallas Fuel's got to be like, St- they gotta have like some of the most players here everyone's obviously losing a ton of players dallas feels at 11 i think um which you only see really uh, yeah. in like you only see really in like the chinese teams right now pretty much um so a, a lot of teams are losing a lot of players obviously um it, but it's interesting like it's all the good teams that have all all a lot of players but you have the two Texas teams who haven't been the best, obviously. Uh, they still both have 11 players on their roster. Uh, it's interesting interesting to see the numbers there. Uh, but let's talk about um, Toronto, who picked up Numlocked. Uh, of course, Numlocked hasn't been in Overwatch League since season one, I feel like. He was on LA Valiant, on the original LA Valiant squad, I remember. I forgot about that. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's just been, I, I, he's been in the Overwatch League scene, or not League, just Overwatch scene in general since the beginning. He's one of the OGs. He's he's been playing forever, and man, he, uh, like, he's one of the few that really like you thought Numblocked was kind of dead uh, right there when when he had to get dropped off the LA Valiant. He never played a Overwatch League game on the LA Valiant. Like, it just seemed like okay, he's. It's his time. His time's up in Overwatch, but he really grinded through contenders. Just continued playing, and now he's back, Joe. Uh, so I'm interested Absolutely. to see. Interested to see. I think when this was rumored, a lot of people thought it was going to be a coaching role, and then Toronto <laughs> addressed those rumors by by saying, "No, he's he's joining as a player." Uh, so that should be interesting. I'm I'm excited to to see if he plays at all. I I root for him for him to play. He's been. He's been grinding. He did, he did, kind of deserves it. Yeah. Well, and you know, seeing where he fits in alongside, because um, I think he's a main tank, right? Yes. Um, seeing where he fits in alongside Beast, um, in the in the 
you know the rotation that we talk about. Uh, I, they're up to three main tank players now, but um, but yeah, definitely you know how seeing how the team is able to use them because I'm sure they will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's exciting. More exciting news: another uh, Vancouver Titans player picked up Hoxall to the New York Excelsior, Joe. I. I I wasn't expecting New York to be be the ones picking up the Vancouver Titans scraps, but they are, and honestly, I like it. I like it, Joe. New York Excelsior has been throughout the Overwatch League a top tier team that just hasn't won the big games, Joe. They haven't been doing that. They need, and their players are great, but they need just a little something more to push them over the edge. Do you think Hoxall is that player, Joe? Obviously, they got tons of DPS on this roster. Do you think he's going to see a lot of playtime? Do you think he's the guy New York Excelsior needs right now? I mean, New York has always been a really DPS-heavy team is the thing. Um, like, you know, even season one, they had like five or six DPS players on their roster, it felt like. Um, um, but, but they've been able to... Uh, you know, with the possible exception of Pine, um, been able to come up with uses for a lot of them too. Um, and yeah, I think somebody like Hoxall, you know, you're not going to not play your 2019 Rookie of the Year. Um, it's just a matter of trying to see exactly how that works and, um, you know, if it's if it becomes situational, if it becomes, um, you know, actually more of a constant. Uh, that sort of remains to be seen, but uh, yes, it's it is. You're right. I definitely wouldn't have thought. Uh, you know, you know, uh, what team needs needs Hoxall right now? Oh yeah, that's <laughs> NYXL. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, you know, clearly they well, clearly they see something in him. That's an understatement. But clearly they, you know, they, they've got a purpose in mind for him. Um, and it's just a matter of uh, letting him go. I think <laughs> he's he's gonna he's gonna find success for him. That much is sure. Oh yeah, uh, I'm excited to see this. Excited to see where NYXL can go with this player. Obviously, they're over in the Asian region, playing some of the hardest teams in the world right now. Um, but I'm interested to see now with Hawksall being picked up. Um, you got only Seoman Sue left from the like OG Vancouver Titans roster. Of course, Fisher, Ryu J. Hong still not signed yet, but, um, and bumper. Oh yeah. And bumper technically. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was thinking just the season three people, but yeah, bumper also still That's not a player. Also still not on a team. Uh, but yeah, Hoxel and NYXL. And of course we've <clears throat> mentioned stitch John about justice slime on soul dynasty and then twilight to the shock. Uh, so interesting to see all these players immediately getting picked up on teams. This was, uh, I'm not surprised, not surprised at all. Uh, all right, next we got, um, some coaching news, uh, Pajian. Uh, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but I tried my hardest. Uh, Hangzhou spark assistant coach is now heading to Vancouver to coach the Vancouver Titans. Uh, so new coach for the Vancouver Titans. Um, very interesting. They got a Korean coach for um, a roster with no Koreans on it. So that'll be. Oh, I think I may have uh, swapped that around. This formerly of the Vancouver Titans um, now is on 
No, it's oh, Cushing and oh, Spark. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that the wrong way over there. Thank Ah, you tricked me, Joe. You made me look like a fool. Uh, okay, then yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> um, so he's moving on to uh, be the assistant coach of Hangzhou Spark. Um, so he was former head coach. Uh, now the head coach is Flubby, um, who was a contenders coach before. So, <clears throat> um, or player. Sorry, I don't. I no, he was coach. Okay. He was once a player in 2017, but he's been coaching since 2018. So we got go. Flubby coaching in Vancouver now. Pajian, uh, assistant coach Hangzhou Spark. And he also in his uh, coaching credentials was, uh, uh, he was head coach of the 2018 uh, Fusion University squad oh, also. Nice. Which was also a very, very good team. <laughs> he's got He's got a nice little resume there. I'm surprised he didn't. Uh, he's just going assistant coach, eh? I, f- I feel like he deserves a head coaching position for sure. I don't know, um, but maybe he just maybe he just wanted to join um, an Asian region team. None of them wanted to give up their head coach, so he had to yeah, go assistant. Maybe. Might have been the situation. Okay, uh, <clears throat> Toronto GM retired. Um, Jesu Wan. Uh, has retired. I think he retired from just esports in general. Not of, not even not just Overwatch League. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know much about him, but uh, everyone wished him well in in the replies. It seems like he was a nice dude and loved by a lot of people. Obviously, Toronto yeah. not not the most successful team in their two years so far, but um, they made a lot of moves. They they definitely try i'll give them that they, they have tried to to build a new team every time they failed so absolutely i mean that's the way to do it <laughs> yeah um there's a new experimental card there is or there was, there was on, on the second on the second of june i don't know if it's still around or not um but yes it, it does slash did exist um uh, and it was, it was a pretty interesting one um, with some changes to Echo, Genji, Hanzo, and Moira. Um, so sort of go through those. Like I said, I'm not actually sure if it's still live or not, as in live on an experimental card. Yeah, but it's still, um, the, the, the info might still be worth it because the past experimental cards have just been pushed alive um, pretty much the true. same way. So this could be pushed alive. With, with like no change, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, including uh, nerf to Echo on her focusing beam, the range was reduced from 20 to 16 meters. Uh, so that's a good 20% loss there. Uh, Genji got a, got a buff on this card um, that his uh, the damage for each of his shurikens was increased from 28 to 30. That's uh, primary and secondary fire. And the spread on his secondary fire was reduced from 12 to 9, which I guess is just the numerical way of how they, how they count that. So basically, um, uh, it, it reduced by another 25%. Um, and the his deflect also got a buff, which is super interesting. Um, that it was its duration was increased from 1.5 to 2 seconds, and it can now be cancelled manually, or it could, again, on this... Um, experimental card, which is super interesting, because uh, you know before the only way to cancel the the dash re- or the deflect really was 
to um, like uh, br- excuse me, um, break it with a wall climb um, that you could sort of animation cancel it that way. Um, but um, they're at least thinking about a change to allow you to do, to do that manually, which is nice because then you have a little bit more flexibility, especially when it's longer. Uh, Hansel's Storm Arrows uh, got a buff, uh, increasing their damage, each of them from 60 to 70, which um, I'm pretty confident was the way it was at some point before in the past. Um, and then it got nerfed down to 60, and now it's been, uh, again, experimentally buffed back up to 70. Um, and then Moira, our primary fire healing per second increased from 65 to 70, and the damage per second of her secondary fire was decreased from 50 to 40. Um, again, just to sort of see how uh, how that lands with her, I guess, as more of a healer, a little bit less damage. Um, I don't know how that works um, in terms of her her resource regeneration. I don't know if it counts how much damage you do or just um, the amount of time you're doing damage. But I suppose um, if it if it does go by how much damage you do, that could be like an indirect nerf to her healing regen. But I don't know that for a fact, so <laughs> I'm not sure how that works exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, interesting. I mean, finally, we finally got the Genji buffs, Joe. Right, that's all we need. I miss Genji being good. Um, don't know how much this all, but it's a step in the right direction, obviously. Um, it's too bad we can't see who are you versus Hacksaw playing it. Yeah, true. <laughs> now they're on the same team. Ugh. Okay. Hero pools. Big update to hero pools, and that they don't exist anymore for people playing ladder. Uh, they only exist if you are a professional Overwatch or Contenders player. Um, so yeah, just, they got rid of hero pools in the game. If you go play it, it, there will be no hero pools. No matter what rank you are, no hero pools. They got rid of them. Uh, With no tentative date for re-implementation. Yes. No date. Um, but, uh, Overwatch League's still using hero pools. Now hero pools aren't going to be one week though. They're going to be two weeks and there's only going to be one hero pool per tournament cycle. Uh, so the hero pools for this, these first two weeks have already been announced and for two weeks, those heroes will be unplayable. Then there will be one week of qualifications where there are no hero pools and then the tournament will still have no hero pools. Uh, so two weeks on two weeks off basically, um, except in the second turn, it's gets confused. The second tournament is four is technically five. It's a five-week tournament cycle. So so that one's a little different. But for this one, two weeks on, two weeks off. Um, so yeah, Hero Pool's got to change. Seems like everyone's liking this change a lot. Um, I like it. I mean, it doesn't affect... I, I, Hero Pool's got to uh, take it away from me in their last change where they were like, okay, Hero Pool's will only be a master grandmaster thing i that it was over for me at that point joe um <laughs> but yeah it seems like hero pools was a little ex- i mean everyone joe everyone complains about hero pools but th- i mean they have always 
from the beginning, they have said like they're willing to change it. They're not, this isn't something that they're a hundred percent on. They just want to test it out. Um, so I just, I get confused why people are so pissed at them for it. I was like, I'm like, clearly they, they know that it's not working out and they're changing it. So, um, yeah, it's this, this whole hero pools thing has been very interesting. Cause, uh, I feel like at the beginning when it very first came out, um, uh, and this, I guess, just reflects the part of the community that I'm in, because I'm certainly not in all of it. But it seemed like people were pretty positive. Like, like they're like, oh, wow, this is going to be a good change, because, you know, we were struggling in goats and double shield and, uh, well, I should say double shield and goats before that and, and all this. Um, And, and people were, were pretty positive about it. But then in the, you know, six months, it's really only been like six months. Um since they've announced it uh it's yeah it's just shifting more and more to yeah this 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 hasn't been doing it and i think that's probably part of it is that it just didn't accomplish for people um what they had hoped it would but at the same time i mean it's also when there isn't a standard way to determine the pools and you're not coming up with that kind of information um like a process that works i mean that's that's gonna be an issue too yeah, I don't know. I I think we should get back. Remember when they mentioned the that they were going to start aggressively patching? Like, I think they should get back to that that thing that they were going to do. Um, well, and in fact, that was um, they mentioned that in their announcement post about removing hero pools. They're like, yeah, now that we've started doing experimental patches, and now that we've uh, um, continued to aggressively patch the game, you know, we we feel like. Uh, the hero pools are no longer necessary for for meta variety, which is interesting. Yeah, um, I agree. But they just need to get a little bit more aggressive with it, uh, just a bit yeah. more. Uh, because I mean, what we had like four changes in this experimental card. We need some more. Like I look at, um, like I, when I play Riot games and like every like it seems like every every hero or champion's being changed every patch. I'm just like, why can't we just do that? Like that's what's gonna change things up, uh, not these small little changes to like Genji. Like Genji needs a lot more to happen for Genji to be like a super strong thing again. Um, there are a lot of heroes that counter him, armor counters, and a lot of things counter him that are holding him back, not just his kit. So uh, they need to change a lot more for things to change, in my opinion. Uh, so we'll we'll see if they do that more now that hero pools are not going to be thing something they have to balance around or th- think about. Um, should be interesting. Um, but there there was a large uh, Reddit post um, about the 2020 path to pro. I saw it two days ago. I did not read it. Joe, <laughs> did you read it? Can you take us through it? <laughs> I did. Yeah, it was. Um... I mean, we've we've talked about Reddit things from Blizzard about contenders in the past, um, and talked about how they're not super specific. Uh, and it was another sort of non-specific post uh, by a dude called Dan McHugh, uh, who I guess is Overwatch esports product manager, according to his Reddit flare. Um, but basically, he says there's a section. He said, "How do we think it's going overall?" Um, and so they but they highlighted some of the uh, advancements from contenders i said uh, 14 million dollars since 2016 in 
licensed Overwatch tournaments other than Overwatch League. Um, uh, they since they graduated 200 players from the Path to, Path to Pro to the Overwatch League in 2018 and 2019, first two seasons, and about 60 in 2020 so far. Um, and there was a shout out to to Collegiate Overwatch, which was nice, uh, without saying anything about Tespo, which I thought was interesting. Like he didn't mention them by name, hmm. uh, which of course is the Blizzard's Collegiate Esports coordinating group. Um, but they uh, then he says they, they highlighted um, uh, some of the most pressing issues that were focused on improving. So number one was about licensing for tournaments. Um, a second one was about uh, player support and development. We feel our core core challenges this year have been visibility and celebration of the players in both our broadcasting content, and we have been too slow to implement solutions for these issues, which sounds more like a content thing than anything else, as well as highlighting our top players. Uh, so they're talking about the gauntlets and the World Cup, um, and so the highlight, some of the you know highlighting that those happened and that they were made public on Twitch and on the launcher and all this, uh, but then of course they won't be able to this year. And then one line, uh, literally one line, that says teams in our tier two and tier three programs are difficult to sustain given the structure currently in place. <laughs> he says we don't have much to share here just yet, but this is another area of focus for us right now, uh, which I think was probably the line that most people read this to, to find um, and then obviously didn't see much, but um, they're, they're reworking some of the community tournament license stuff, um, which is kind of cool, um, you know, for, for that sort of thing. Um, talking about um, uh, some, you know, they're going to continue highlighting contender stuff as they can. Um, no physical Atlantic and Pacific showdowns for contenders, obviously, this year. They hadn't explicitly said it, I guess, um, but they have canceled those events. Um, uh, and there was an interesting line about, uh, it says, looking back at our development efforts, the primary regions that have produced up-and-coming talent are China, Europe, Korea, and North America. We need to focus our first-party developmental initiatives in those specific regions, and allow for more third-party organizations to dry, to thrive in other regions. Uh, and they'll share details later this month about that. Um, but kind of what that reads, uh, kind of what that reads like is that they're even narrow, even more narrowly focusing, um, like into those four regions. So like not APAC, not or not Pacific, I should say, not South America. Um, which is interesting and unfortunate. Um, and obviously, we don't know really what that's going to look like yet. But um, I think, you know, hopefully their logic is, well, if we narrow it down, we can provide more specific assistance and like more, more focus um, on that and make, hopefully come out with a better product in those regions. But at the same time, you know, this, it's certainly not the way people expected that thing to be resolved. Um, and by that thing, I mean Overwatch Tier Two <laughs> uh, to be resolved with like, what, what we can't we can't support all this program. Yeah, we're just gonna cut half the program, which uh, 
again, th- thinking thinking you know ahead of where we are for sure. Um, but it was just it was just a very interesting line that uh, definitely gonna have to see how that goes. Yeah, um, you gotta hope that like because they're cutting that part, they're like that nothing is really cut. Like they put the value instead of the value being spread out, they kind of just stuff all the value into these these regions that they find most valuable. Um, which means that all the production will be upped and all that stuff in, in these regions since they're the only ones they're focusing on. Uh, that's the only way I can see this being a positive, obviously, them cutting all that, all that out. Uh, yeah, very interesting. Um, I mean, they always make these posts just to make sure we know, hey, we still care about this thing. And it's like, well, if you cared about it, why does it suck? Um <laughs> It's true. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what they do to change it. It, it hasn't been going great. So yeah. Um, all right. Overwatch League is coming back this weekend. That's an obvious thing. Um, and the tournaments are coming back. Um, and we have a name for the first one, the Summer Showdown, uh, which will be... Um, on July 3rd through 5th. So it, it's going to be July 4th weekend. Exciting. Um, but we'll, it's going to be similar to how last the May Melee was formatted where everyone plays qualification games for the first three weeks and then um, people play in a tournament. Uh, and it's the same brackets and everything. Um, yeah, I mean, it's almost identical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing has changed at all, really, except... Um, the hero pools thing, which I mentioned earlier. So, uh, and they'll be playing different matchups, which is yeah, it may end up being a lot more significant than than we might think it would be. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to to take a look at that. Um, see see if we get different results because of it. Uh, I don't think anything. Yeah, all the wins being rewarded um, for for being champion, second place, stuff like that hasn't changed at all either. Um, they kind of, I, I think the biggest news was announcing sort of the rest of the season in which, um, after the summer showdown, there's going to be an August tournament with a similar format, um, except an extra week. And then, uh, they're going to have, um, some playoffs. So, um, well, first two weeks, two weeks to balance out everyone's records is what they say to balance out the number of regular season matches everyone's been playing um, to 21. So it was originally supposed to be everyone plays 28 games. Now it's down to 21, which makes sense. Uh, there were like a bunch of teams, like obviously NYXL was like, go- and London were both gone for like weeks on end because they just couldn't play. So yeah, they've shrunk that to 21. Uh, so those those two, which we- go ahead. I was going to say, it makes you wonder if then, NYXL are just going to play London like six times <laughs> at the end of this season. That's that might have to happen. Um, but yeah, they're trying to get everyone to twenty-one in those last two weeks, and then they'll do the real playoffs, which uh, they have no additional details about right now. <laughs> um, so yeah, our playoffs are still happening, I guess. Um, they also announced uh, that. Uh, the playoffs will not have a hero pool. So, um, yeah, that, uh, that's anything else. I think that's pretty much it. 
a, a bunch of the same's happening. Basically, we we have a roadmap for the rest of the season, which is nice. Usually, usually get a roadmap for the whole season at the beginning of the season, but <laughs> things are different this year, obviously, Joe. Uh. Yeah, um, I guess the only other thing. Uh, I don't know. I forget if we explicitly said that. Yes, they did announce the Hero Pool for right. Jil- or for June, basically, which is uh, Echo, Sombra, Diva, Brig are all going to be out. Well, that's true because yeah, you were talking about Echo. Mm-hmm. Um, I only mentioned Echo, but, but I didn't mention Sombra, okay, Diva, okay. or Brig. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, the, yes. So it's literally basically just a copy paste. Um, from from the main melee format, but I mean, it really worked. So, mm-hmm. um, oh, interesting! An interesting little tidbit actually is the Vancouver Titans and Atlanta Rain are playing each other uh, in Week Twenty One, and this is the one match that does not count towards the summer showdown <laughs> uh, for the Vancouver Titans, but it will for the Atlanta Rain. <laughs> Um, very interesting. Yeah. It's because the the Titans have four matches scheduled in these three weeks. Uh, so they were like, well, this one doesn't count for you guys, <laughs> but it does count for Atlanta. So that seems like a recipe for disaster to me, Joe, a game that does not matter for one team, but matters for the other. I guess it still kind of matters for Vancouver because it does count towards their season record. Um, but very interesting <laughs> um, yeah, concept there. It depends on uh, how much Vancouver cares about their season record at this point. Yeah, I guess so. I can very. That's going to be a very interesting match. I'm excited to see them set that up in broadcast and be like, well, this this match does not count towards the Titans for this summer showdown. Uh, they have already been placed. So that should be an interesting match, I guess, but exciting Nonetheless, to have another, everyone loved the tournament, so I think everyone's excited for this to be back. Absolutely. All right, Joe. We got some power rankings to talk about. The last time we were doing power rankings, it was an Atlantic-only power rankings. We haven't done a full league power ranking since the beginning of the season, the preseason, in fact. So uh, now we're finally back with a full list of power rankings which is exciting on its own right there. Um, of course, since I work for the Boston Uprising, the Boston Uprising isn't on my list, but if you want, you can go to our Twitter uh, uh, at On The Flank Show while you're listening to this to follow along to the graphic that Joe is tweeting out there. It's a great graphic. Um, it, it shows um, the difference of where we rank them last. Is this in comparison to the preseason one, Joe? Yeah, this is pretty preseason i guess i could have gone in and tried to pull out the atlantic teams but differently but i did yeah so. been com- that's <laughs> too confusing too confusing i like the way you did it um but yeah it's been a while since we did power rankings so i guess we'll just start with um our bottom five we'll go by five that's how we usually do it i think um but let's go i mean at joe's 20 he has vancouver Boston at 19, Chengdu at 18, 17 is London, 16 is Toronto. I've also got Vancouver last. Then I have Toronto, Washington, Houston. Um, <clears throat> so we've, we've got some di- – throughout this whole thing, we've got some differences here, Joe. Um, we do. Which, which makes things interesting, of course. 
Um, you've got you got so missing from mine, which are a little higher up, are London Chengdu, um, which you know shows a difference in in the regions. I guess I guess I think the Asian regions a little better than you do because I I don't even have any Asian teams in my bottom four. I guess for me, um, but yeah, I want to go in, uh, into a little deeper on that London Chengdu pick there. Yeah, that is worth thinking about, just in terms of, um, you know, how we how we rank them within their division versus how we rank them like combined. Because mm-hmm. um, in in within the division, it's it's pretty similar. I mean, you've got we've got London and Chengdu, both of us at the bottom of the the Pacific division in that order. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's just about um, comparing Atlantic to Pacific, like across the regions, and we haven't been able to do a lot of that. Um, but especially lately, I've not been impressed. <laughs> is the the short version um, with with London or Chengdu, just in terms of um, what they've been able to accomplish in what is granted a, a, a difficult a difficult division, but a difficult division. Um, because of other teams and not because of them <laughs> is the short version. Um, I mean, you know, if, if London can, can, uh, you, you, you know, they, they lose solidly to, to Guangzhou, they lose solidly to Hangzhou. I mean, those are sort of, you know, middle Pacific teams, um, is fair to say. Um, and it, it's weird. Yeah. Because I could say things like you know that uh, the the Atlantic Division is different because um, a lot of the teams are closer together. I think is fair. Um, closer than in the Pacific Division, where we've got outliers, uh, definitely at the top for sure. Um, but but yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's it is just. You know, trying to slide the divisions into each other, um, but those two teams in particular. Um, I mean, my, my next specific team isn't all the, isn't uh, until position thirteen um, in my rankings. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And in fact, now that I'm looking at yours, um, those are the only Pacific teams in your bottom ten. Yeah. Excuse me. Are, are London and Chengdu? Yeah, I, I think I the I think the biggest difference is where where we place Pacific in comparison to Atlantic and in our eyes here, especially, I mean, you don't see too many power rankings of all the teams nowadays. You see people separate them into the two conferences because we just don't have any evidence that one conference is better than the other. Really? The only evidence we have is like um, New York and London who have already played teams like Philadelphia and teams like that before, obviously. Um, which hasn't given us much of a clue because that was way back at the beginning of the season. So we have no clue how, how good these teams really are in comparison. Uh, so it looks like I think they're a little bit better than Atlantic. It looks like you think they're a little bit worse, um, which is fine. Um, <laughs> one of us could be and, right. And since we have no idea, you yeah. know, we can really only take it, um, take any of these combos with like a grain of salt as far as, you know what we're actually looking at um but the interesting thing is going to be once we get into playoff season 
which we don't know exactly the format of that, but in theory, it'll be cross-divisional eventually. It's just a matter of finding out when. Yeah, I mean, you got to hope it, hope it will be, uh, or else people are going to be on some high ping. There's going to be some weird ping advantages there. Um, but yeah, I, I think another big difference here as we as I get a little bit further down um, the line, we'll, we'll get into like 15 through 11 here, in which Joe has at 15 Washington, then Houston, then Hungja Spark, then Atlanta, then the LA Gladiators. At 15, I have Dallas, Chugdu, London, Atlanta, LA, uh, Valiant. Um, I think that's the first one that's the same, Joe, is the Atlanta Reign at 12. <laughs> sure. It might be one of the only ones that are the same besides uh, once you get closer to the top. Um, but besides the Atlanta Reign, I think it's worth talking about Dallas because – Spoilers for Joe's. He has Dallas at nine. I have Dallas at fifteen, um, which might be a little bit rough. <laughs> and now looking back at it, it's like, yeah, maybe they're not that bad. Um, but look, but looking at it again, like I think it just comes down to like our differences in Pacific versus Atlantic again here, Joe. Because right in front of Dallas on mine are London and Chengdu, uh, and. Yeah, I, when I look at the other Pacific teams, the Gladiators, Valiant, Atlanta are the other Atlantic teams in front of them um, that Dallas has, has, has gone up against, Atlanta, Valiant, Gladiators. I see them and I'm like, okay, I do think Dallas could beat those teams, but I think more consistently LA, both LAs and Atlanta would end up beating Dallas. Um, so I ended up putting Dallas... Like Dallas kept just falling on my. I, re, I remember when I was making this. Dallas <laughs> just kept falling because I was like, "Well, but also I do, I do think London Chengdu are better than Dallas too." Like I think Dallas. I think what's we we're in like a tier here, Joe. I think that bottom four that I have, they're not they're not too good. They they belong there at the bottom. Um, but once you get to Dallas at fifteen, I think you could change these pretty easily. Honestly, I think you've got like a good mid tier here. Um, well, let's talk about Atlanta, Joe, because you got fat minuses here, minus seven, minus six for both of us, dropping all the way to 12. Disappointing season so far for Atlanta. Where do you think things have gone wrong exactly? I mean, obviously, Erster has not been playing, who everyone was expecting to be like an MVP candidate. Uh, is that it? Like, what what's happening here, Joe? Yeah, I mean, Atlanta had a lot of pieces because, again, this is thinking back all the way to February <laughs> that we did this. Uh, you had them at five. I had them at six, I think, if I'm doing my math correctly, preseason. Um, but, it, yeah, they had a lot of pieces that never really have been able to come together the way we expected. Uh, I mean, they signed Edison, uh, who has only been playing for a couple weeks because of his age, uh, but hasn't been super incredibly impressive. Um as as he was expected to be, you know, he's he's being a still fine player, but um, when you're expected to be super incredibly impressive, uh, you know, there's there's room to uh, there's room to point that out. Um, yeah, Edison coming in. Um, this this tank line was that was looking strong with people like Gator and Hawk. Um, near at the end of last season, um, same thing. Not quite. Um, I mean, especially once we moved away from double shield, able to bring in those same kinds of things all the time. 
Um, and even just their performance in the Atlantic Division in general. I mean, you know, we expected them to be like solid number three in Atlantic preseason. Um, and that's, you know, just didn't happen. Uh, once we had teams like Paris getting, getting a lot better, more recently Florida looking really better. Um, and it's just, you know, it begs the question about, you know, what exactly are we, uh, uh, do we have to say about this Atlanta team that um, has just not been, not been cutting where we are. And so, I mean, uh, just looking at the rest of my, um, pure Atlantic division rankings, um, like based on the 10 and 10 division. I mean, I have, um, one, two, three, four. I have a fifth right now in the, the Atlantic conference, um, which I think makes decent sense just in terms of, um, you know, I think Paris, um, and certainly Florida recently, uh, I'm going to keep qualifying Florida. We'll talk about Florida, but <laughs> Paris and Florida recently, I think are just becoming more and more consistently better teams, um, than what Atlanta has been able to pull out. Oh yeah. I, yeah. Paris and Florida have just like leap leaps and bounds ahead of Atlanta. I think that's another big reason why we might be ranking them lower here is the, in comparison to Atlanta and Florida, like our um, Florida and Paris, they've just been looking Paris. not good. <laughs> and whereas Florida and Paris have been impressing week in and week out, like they're the teams everyone's looking at who weren't who who aren't like the top tier teams, obviously, like Philly and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, it's yeah, just a rough season for Atlanta. <laughs> we expected a lot more from them for sure, especially after like a huge upset of the shock in the playoffs last year. Um, they showed a lot of potential, and th- they're really going to have to pick it up here coming towards the end of the season. Um, but here, let me jump in. I, I really want to focus on our top seven here. I'll mention briefly on the podcast that Joe's number 10 is Guangzhou, number nine is Dallas, and number eight is the Valiant. Uh, my number 10 is the Gladiators, number nine is the Hangzhou Spark, number eight is the Guangzhou Charge. Um, but let's get into our top seven, Joe, because we have the same seven here um, with some differences. Um, some differences I understand. Like um, you you have Philly at three. I have Philly at five. Um, of course, Joe, big Philly fan. But I have Philly behind who I think they should be behind after after what happened in the tournament, them losing to Florida. I think kind of scares me, Joe. As a Philly fan, are you a little scared about Philly when it comes to playoffs, when it comes to the tournament? Obviously, they've been dominating the regular season. They're still on top of the standings, technically. When you go to overwatchleague.com standings, they're they're right up there on top. Um, but are you, are you scared when it comes to playoffs here, when it comes to, to the actual big games? I mean, uh, you know, obviously this is a grand finals team from season one that didn't that then uh, was definitely not looking their best season two. But um, in terms of like actual, you know, actual play, I think um, certainly they're, they're a much more consistent team um, th- than Florida. I mean, obviously, but, uh, you know, I mentioned I'm qualifying, you know, recent Florida, even different from some of these other kinds of Florida. Uh, and I think definitely the, the lack of hero pools helped. Uh, which of course we'll be seeing more of now, um, 
But yeah, that that Philly, um, you know, they're not <laughs> historically um, to to complete the season as uh, relatively flawlessly as they have been uh, would be pretty significant. Um, and that's not you know that's not to say I expect that they're going to crash and burn because they are a really good team and they're not um, you know that's not going to change. Um, but you, you're right. The, you know, loss to Florida that's significant. I think that's um, just as much on Philly as it is on Florida. I, I guess is is part of um, part of the point I'm making. But um, I'm just trying to <laughs> trying to put some structure to my thoughts here. Um, but yeah, so am I am I scared about Philly? Um, not really. I, I mean, I do. Sure enough, all my power rankings have them higher than Florida. Um, by a couple, a couple positions, um, and, and I think Florida, um, you, you know, maybe even just in my head has some proving to do. Um, but they are a really excellent team, and they're going to have, um, like I sort of alluded to at the, near the beginning of the show, they're going to have um, some good matches upcoming to prove that that, that they're um, a better team. Um, like I think they're playing Shock as one of their three qualifier matches. They're playing like Dallas, I think. Um, some some pretty solid chances to to show off as far as that goes. Um, um, and yes, being a fan, obviously that <laughs> that it had some factor in my in my Philly choice too. But at the same time, you know, I, I think um, it's, it's definitely like both teams are not where they're going to be at the end of the season. Um, and it, I don't know. It, it, I'm not quite prepared to put all my stock into um, the one playoff match. I guess is <laughs> the one you know melee match. Yeah. Um, as far as where that's all going to go, because in between them, I should mention too, Philly at three and Florida at six in my ranking. In between them are Seoul and New York. So again, opposite divisions. So that puts Philly at Philly and Florida at two and three in the North America right now. Yeah. Uh, makes sense. I, I, I do. I see where you come from. I, I could easily see people still ranking Philly higher. It's, it's still a tough decision. It was obviously um, one matchup. Anything can happen next time these two meet. Obviously, both really good teams. Florida has just been on a tear lately. Um, the only thing that is clear to both of us is that the San Francisco Shocks, the best team in the league, still they're the team to beat up at number one, Shanghai right behind them. Um, but yeah, we have some differences in Florida. I think they've proven themselves a little bit more than Joe has. I have them at four. Joe has them at six. We both have Paris at seven. Um, but I think both me and Joe agree that Sparkle could could easily push, push the envelope for this team and get them to a top five spot, honestly. Like, um, Paris has proven themselves week in, week out. They've had close games against Philly. Uh, they just need maybe Sparkle or Eggsy to come back for, for this team to make a, a real push to the top five here. Um, NYXL still in there for both of us. Five for Joe, six for me. Um, we both have Seoul pretty high, I, and I think I stand by it. I mean... <laughs> When so obviously we've joked Joe that when Soul, um, when Soul can play what they want to play, they're good. But when there's hero pools, they're not so good. But the fact that uh, 
pretty much uh, that we know a lot of the rest of the season is not going to be on Hero Pools. And when it comes to playoffs, that's not going to be on Hero Pools. Um, I think that had a big impact on where we put Seoul. Um, so absolutely huge, obviously. Absolutely. And I mean, their big uh, melee run, too. I mean, we yeah. expected them. Or was it? I guess it was I expected them to lose um, to, to to Guangzhou, and they did. But um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting patterns. Yeah, yeah. Um, and right that is, I go ahead. Just trying to think about relative stuff. Like I had severely underrated Shanghai. I had them at like nine, I think. Um, but now they're brought up to to two with you. Yeah, I, I am um, at three. And yeah, Paris Paris both had a big jump for both of us. Um, and Ellie Valiant, I want to highlight too, because um, they jumped eight spots for you. They jumped twelve spots for me, mm-hmm. um, from like way down at nineteen or eighteen. Um, and just yeah, I, I think it's it's fair to say that um, collectively the community may have been wrong about uh, the preseason Ellie Valiant. Um, that they looked pretty decent. Yeah. They definitely they did, they did a lot better this season than everyone thought they. I mean, everyone was rating them like last almost. So that's impressive. Obviously, I think Joe literally did rate them last, and I rated them nineteen according to these, which was last for me because <laughs> I only have nineteen. It's true. <laughs> uh, so we both did rank them last. Uh, yeah, but I think we both admit it. Soul Dynasty is at six and four though. Like the only worry Soul Dynasty has, Joe, is that those games when hero pools are on, they lose during the regular season and um, <laughs> their record isn't good enough to make playoffs, but I doubt like they're going to at least be able to make wild card. If that's still happening, I don't know how they're going to format it, but yeah, I, that's the only worry they have. As long as they make playoffs and hero pools don't exist. Soul dynasty is good. <laughs> that's all that matters. Um, anything else to talk about your power rankings, Joe, before we predict next week? Um, I don't think so. I uh, will post them. Yes, like said. we will post them in full on our Twitter at on the flank show. Check them out there. Okay. Um, week 19. We're here. Uh, we've got some nice matches. Um, first let's predict New York Excelsior versus Soul Dynasty. Joe, who the, who the hell's winning this? <laughs> I forget. <laughs> there are a bunch of points added since the tournament. I think I'm winning now. Correct? Uh, yeah. It's it's uh, sixty three to fifty eight actually right okay. now. Okay. Uh, so you've got a got a five point cushion on me because uh, yeah we added lots of points um, in the May melee. Yeah. Well, that means that I have to pick first. Um, so New York Excelsior Soul, as I just mentioned, because we talked about Soul, it really depends on who's banned, um, and if they can play double shield, and uh, they can very much play double shield. Soul can, <laughs> um, which they love doing. Uh, so I will pick Soul to win this game because they can play their top tier comp. I think it is going to be a very close match. I'm excited to see Hawksall in it, uh, but I will pick Soul to win this one. Joe, your turn. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to go with that one as well. I think um, going for Soul here. I would love for Hawksall to show up in direct face, um, but uh, I mean, we don't exactly know what this is gonna look like. Um, not quite comfortable assuming that that will happen. 
Um, just like compositional wise. Um, but that being said, um, yeah, it's going to be a super good match. Uh, I mean, lots of these are actually going to be really nice to see. Uh, just you know, launching right back into it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm excited. It's, it's a really good first match. Um, for these two teams, of course, the first, very first match is London versus Shanghai, which isn't as good of a match, but uh, this this one should be good. We also got Florida Mayhem facing off against the Dallas Fuel. Of course, Florida Mayhem, one of the hottest teams in the league, coming off a great performance, unfortunately falling short to the shock, uh, going up against the Dallas Fuel. Uh, Dallas Fuel now with paintbrush added to their team. Um, this one should be interesting. Because uh, Dallas Fuel does give shock. It gives it, they give these top teams a run for their money every single time. There could be an upset at any moment, Joe. Um, I have to pick first, though. Do I think that there go, there's going to be an upset? Um, I don't. I'm going to take the safe bet here, and I'm going to go with Florida. Obviously, I had Dallas at like 15, so I got to double down and say, yeah, they're they're not good enough. Um, even though they're able to take a bunch of points off these top teams, I do think Florida will take this one. Who you got, Joe? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, after having talked a big game about how bad Florida is, uh, not really, I didn't <laughs> say that. But, um, but yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm going to have to lean there in that direction as well, honestly. Uh when, when the question is about, um, oh, uh, <laughs> just got distracted. Uh, that uh, Overwatch League posted a teaser video for um, Sinatra's MVP skin. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing that as well. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Florida versus Dallas. Um, and I think I'm going to have to pick Florida, uh, which is funny because of the way I was just talking about it. But, uh, I mean, this is really going to be a, a litmus test for them, I think. Uh, you know, you're you're two weeks out from from any any sense you might have had about being on a hot streak, um, and, and if you can show up in what will be a pretty pretty solid match, um, just like on paper, um, that's really going to say a lot about the rest of June. Yeah. But uh, but, but yeah, I I'm thinking kind of kind of Florida still. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hard to pick against them right now. They're looking really good. Uh, but we got Atlanta going up against the LA Gladiators, um, and both our power rankings, we had these teams pretty close to each other, so it should be a close match. Um, I'd say these two teams are very similar in similar positions. I think they're underperforming where people thought they would be, um, in accordance to how they performed last season specifically, like LA Gladiators, Atlanta Rain were both top teams if you look at the standings now they're 13th and 11th that's not at all where we thought they would be so this is a very interesting match between two uh pretty evenly matched teams i'm an la gladiators fan i think what i've seen from the gladiators has impressed me more than atlanta this year so i'm gonna go with the la gladiators to win this one joe who you got Mm, whose idea was it for you to pick first (laughs) (laughs) mine (laughs) Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I don't know, because, yeah, you're right, that we're, uh, I like the assessment of, like, teams that have been struggling, but probably shouldn't be in some of these matches, uh, there's just some of these matchups that they've had, but, um, 
but yeah, it's. Uh, I think I'm definitely gonna give the edge here to the Gladiators um, in my pick, and I hope we're not. Uh, all four of our matches <laughs> the same here, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 not uh, not quite enough for me to go with Lenny here. Um, uh, just just in terms of like precedent, I guess. <laughs> it's it's truly up to you, Joe. If you ask me, yeah, I'm giving you the second pick. You can make it different if you want. <laughs> It's true. It's not my fault. I'm so good at picking, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Our last pick is between the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. We did just see these two teams face off against each other at the beginning of the May Melee, um, in which the Toronto Defiant ended up winning three to two, but it was probably the Vancouver Titans' best showing yet. Uh, They looked way better than in previous matches, which was super impressive. Overall, um, yeah, this is a, a tough one. I think, I think I'm going to go with, uh, the Titans on this one. Actually, I think they'll, I think they're getting to the point where they can actually pull off a win here, Joe. They were so close last time. Um, I think it was shockwave was added right before the last match. Uh, yeah. He's a tank player and was, uh, performing super well. Um, yeah, I think Vancouver is, it's going to, grab their first win here obviously toronto picked up numb locked in the little break here but they've been struggling a little bit i'm gonna go vancouver pulling off a win i think this would be the first win for their new roster so vancouver oh for sure it would be (laughs) all right joe is this the one do you pick differently here um well, yeah. So no, I, I'm I'm glad you picked it that way because uh, I was in fact going for Toronto uh, in my head going into this uh, going into this uh, sitting down here thing that we have recording the show. Uh, but uh, but yeah, Toronto. You're right. Toronto Vancouver. They played right at the right at the beginning of the May melee. Sort of a you know battle for Canada thing that we'll now get a repeat of, which is cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know that uh, – I definitely don't trust well, – yeah, it's, it's not even that I don't know. It's that I definitely don't trust um, uh, this this new Vancouver roster yet um, uh, over over this, this team from Toronto. I mean, um, uh, you know, technically they have um, a new signing. You know, we may, we may see some numb locked in this series, um, you know, see exactly how that works. But – uh, but yeah, I'm going to give uh, give the advantage here to again to history. Um, I guess as we're we're sort of uh, looking ahead into you know jumping back. It's this weekend. It's like two days from now. Yeah. Is when, uh, when these matches start to play. Oh yeah, two days. We're back already. Uh, exciting. Let's see if Joe can make a comeback. Uh, it's looking like the tournament's the best chance for him to do that. As that. It's worth the most points. Yeah. But, uh, everything, everything counts here, Joe. You know, one one little win here can make a big difference. Uh, but yeah, that's all we have for this week's show. It was it was a nice long catch up show. Um, but I'm excited to have Overwatch League back for the summer showdown. Uh, but if you want to follow us on Twitter, our personal accounts, mine's at jwgeorgeiv. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. That's Inc. Our show has a Twitter at On the Flank Show. Uh, you can see our power rankings there, our picks, stuff like that. You can email us on the flank show at gmail.com or tweet at us if you have any corrections, questions, or topics you'd like us to talk about. 
you're listening to this in one way, if you want to listen to it in a different way, you can go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co, my personal YouTube channel, that's John George, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thank you guys for listening and watch the return of Overwatch League this weekend.